speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Has anybody ever heard of the rule of threes in regard to survival? The rule of threes. Uh, if you've done any kind of, well, let's say if you've done any kind of backcountry uh, living at all, you may have come across this. Uh, rule of threes, you can have three minutes without air, uh, roughly three hours of exposure. Uh, I've never really entirely understood that one because it's variable. Uh, three days without water and three weeks without food. <coughs> the rule of threes. I mean, the important ones we tend to think about are probably, probably water and, and food in a survival sort of situation. But you can go about three minutes without air, three hours without shelter of a sort, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Well, being in, in a wilderness situation like that, uh, without food or water, if you're out in the backcountry, you know, camping, rock climbing, hiking, whatever, being without food and water is a little challenging. Water is really the, the real killer. Water is mostly so. Your need for water comes upon you pretty quickly. Um, you can go three days I mean, before you die. These numbers are before you you're cease metabolic function. Okay? Uh, you're going to start wanting water though, a lot more quickly than, uh, than three days. If you've ever been hiking in the desert especially, you know that you want water very quickly. Um, <clears throat> the desire for food sets in pretty hard and fast as well. I mean, if, you, if you're like me, you don't have to be in a wilderness situation. I can be out in the town somewhere, and if I've gone a little longer than my meal time starts growling, I can get a little cranky, you know, start getting... My, my body starts telling me I want food. Um, <clears throat> well, we were, we were asked today in the Gospel, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness, in the 8th chapter of St. Mark's Gospel? Uh, you've heard the story. This is one of a number of of miraculous feedings that Jesus uh, enacts in the, the Gospels. This is the feeding of the 4,000. Um, we hear other feedings as well. In this case, uh, <clears throat> we're told the multitude being very great where Jesus is teaching, he calls his disciples to him and says, gosh, these people are hungry, aren't they? They don't have to eat and I can't send them home because a lot of them came from a distance away. And if I send them out now, they're going to just faint dead away. <laughs> they're not going to be able to have enough energy to keep going. And the disciples ask this question. Well, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And saying, huh, how are you going to feed them here? You know, we, we didn't bring enough with us and here we are out in the wilderness. And the wilderness they're speaking of there is not like going to northern Wisconsin where you could forage for nuts and berries and, uh, you know, maybe you know, if you had the right equipment with you, take a deer. Uh, that's not what this was. We're talking about the Judean desert, the wilderness uh, in, in Israel, uh, harsh, dry conditions, rocky, stony desert. Um, it's, it's real wilderness. You're not going to find, you're not going to go find mushrooms growing under a, a log somewhere. This is not a place. Where can you, where's a man going to you know, find bread to satisfy them here, out here in this wilderness? Powerful story. And indeed, of course, he manages to feed them. They have some bread. They end up finding some fish as well, but he has them sit down, takes the loaves, blesses them, breaks them, distributes them, and they manage to take up leftovers from all of this. Powerful, powerful story. Powerful miracle that Jesus enacts here. And this happens, as we heard, in the wilderness, the desert, it's key that St. Mark perhaps is asking that question, or asking the question in the way that, that he does, that, that Jesus asks it in St. Mark's Gospel. 
Whence can you satisfy men with bread here in the wilderness? Well, I'd ask us this week, and contemplate this throughout the week, what is wilderness? What is that wilderness? In this case, in the story, it's real wilderness. It's beyond northern Wisconsin kind of wilderness. This is desert, dry, dangerous, rocky, difficult terrain, with no quarter given to those who are not prepared. And you come out there without food or water, you're not going to find it. It's wilderness. The church fathers have likened the wilderness also to the dry and arid spiritual life. The life devoid of that that flowing water, the life that at times each one of us indeed uh, slips into that, that slips into periods that we might call aridity, dryness, uh, as well as likening it to the challenges, the challenges of this world, and the temptations to walk away from the path given us by our Father in heaven. Think the world can't be a wilderness at times? It certainly can be. The world that doesn't always, you know, foster and encourage growth in the Lord. Believe me, the, the world outside is not always encouraging people, as you might know, encouraging people to walk more closely with our Lord. Uh, the, the world outside, the secular world, does not really uh, encourage people to walk in places where there is where there is abundance of food and water, of the spiritual variety. It can be a very dry, very dry place. Indeed, the world does at times call us off the path out of a lush and green place into a very dry, arid, dusty place. But you know, our diocesan motto has always been Jehovah Jireh, isn't it? It's on our seal, it's on the window. I think I look at the window at Brimfield Church. The, uh, the window behind the altar, in fact, it has that on it, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord provides. Now, it's, the, the name actually pops up in Scripture in, in the book Genesis. It's a place where Abraham had been instructed to take Isaac in order to sacrifice him, if you recall. And he stopped before doing so. The angel of the Lord stops him. Um, but then God provides a ram to be sacrificed. And Abraham calls this place Jehovah Jireh, because the Lord provides. You go somewhere and you things turn out not as you thought they might and you're ready to do one thing God calls you to do another and you can't quite figure out how it is that you're supposed to accomplish what God has called you to do and God provides indeed that's what happened that's where the name came from that's where our diocesan motto God provides now I'm not suggesting perhaps that Quincy here in the dry dusty prairie at times is is entirely like well maybe it's like that stony place that uh, Abraham was led to Uh, it is at times perhaps like a wilderness uh, of the Judean sort on dry summer days it might be like that but just as much as that was a providence at that place where where, uh, God provided for Abraham well the feeding in the wilderness is yet one more instance of God's providence but I wonder how often we, we read these miracles, we see these things that Jesus does, and, and we see them as prefiguring something very real. Too often people will, especially if they have particular bones to pick with Scripture, you know, cafeteria Christians who only like to pick out the nice bits of Scripture that are easy to understand, they'll look at that and say, well, these miracles, it's just all kind of craziness, how can that happen, you know, and people will pick apart these miracles, and really if they, if they go to that level and start trying to pick it apart on a scientific level, I hate to tell them, they've entirely missed the point, 
it, I do believe it is a miracle that God acts, but if you want to know the how of it and the actual mechanics of it, you've entirely missed the point. If we, we leave them just as stories, and we don't allow the symbolic meaning to speak to us across all these 2,000 years, we have really missed the most important part of the miracle itself. Entirely missed it. Father David Curry is a priest in Nova Scotia. He wrote, The gospel relates, this gospel, the gospel relates the familiar story of the feeding of the multitudes in the wilderness. In a remote and empty place, Jesus teaches filling hungering souls and minds with the good things of God, but he also sees to their physical needs, the needs of the body. It is all of a piece, he says, it is all of a piece, the teaching and the feeding. It belongs to the redemption of the wilderness within all of us, making the wilderness a place of compassion and mercy. We cannot be satisfied in the wilderness of our disobedience. We cannot be satisfied with the illusory paradises of this world. You see, Jesus turns that, that, that dry and barren place out in the wilderness, he turns it into a place of mercy, he turns it into a place of compassion, a place that in the natural world probably has no mercy, no forgiveness, no compassion on those who might you know, slip up and be caught out in it uh, with no provisions. Jesus turns it into a place of mercy, doesn't he? A place of mercy, a place of compassion. And so often when we feel wanting in our lives, we our natural tendency is to want to fill up on things uh, that we think we need. And we tend to oftentimes try to fill up with things of the world. You know, This will make me feel better. This will make me feel whole. This will make me feel filled. Amusement, entertainment, food, drink, even family, friends, all these things. I just want to fill up with it. So many other things that we try to fill ourselves up with. But in the end, we remain still empty, or at the very least, still wanting. Some of those things can be very good. And all of them can be good. But are they going to satisfy? In the end, are they going to fill us up? Hardly. Hardly. Father Curry continues. He says, To live in the mercy of the God who has entered into the wilderness of human sin and wickedness, into the barren wilderness of the human experience, is to live sacramentally. It means to live through the provision he has made for us. The provision which is nothing less than the gift of himself. Want to find yourself satisfied? Fill yourself up with the thing that God has given us to fill us up. The thing that he intends to fill us. You don't see a lot of people talking in those terms these days, do you? you know, fill yourself up sacramentally. You know, to live through the provision that God has made for us. No. But yet we as Catholic Christians, we have that at the very center of our life, don't we? It had better be at the very center of our life. Our life together is one that relies upon what God gives us. I mean, just look at the very core of who we are in our worship. It's not about human personalities. It's not about entertainment. The Mass is an offering, isn't it? It's partly our offering, but it's primarily joining into the offering that Jesus made on the cross. And it's about the gifts that we receive because of that. All the good things that flow out of what is the very center of our worship. And you notice the very center of our worship always 
is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The center of our focus, physically, visually, and spiritually. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And the good things because of that. All the good things that flow out of that. The good gifts. Two weeks ago, I used the example of the beach ball. Maybe you remember that. You're waiting to receive, like children, with open arms, or with the priest's statue of prayer at the altar, hands open, as that we're waiting to receive, expecting God to actually give us something, to toss us something. It has to be kind of our stance in the wilderness, doesn't it? We're wanting to be filled. Open up. Don't, don't stand like this before God and expect Him to want to fill you up. I'm speaking symbolically here, but don't close yourself up tight in the ball and expect God to fill you up. Oh, and expect Him to be the one who's going to fill you with all the things you need. Don't go searching for it in the marketplace or in the television or in the internet. Don't go searching for it anywhere in this world. Those things will not satisfy. Rather turn with open arms waiting in the wilderness. In fact, Father Farrah, whom I quoted two weeks ago, even said it's like, it's like waiting in the wilderness for manna, isn't it? Or the farmer waiting for rain upon a field that's been plagued with drought. It has to be our, our stance before God as well. And understand our position before Him, that we need Him, that we need all that He gives. So it is for us in our lives as individuals, as we look for satisfaction, as we look for replenishment, as we look for fulfillment in our lives, as we wait, as we wait even as a parish family, perhaps seeking God's grace, His care, seeking His providence, perhaps waiting for God to lead us through hard times, to lead us through times when we are in need. It's no different. That attitude has to be the same, and our understanding of where those gifts come from is the same. It is in these times we cannot look elsewhere. We cannot try to find fulfillment and satisfaction in earthly things. It's not going to happen. It's God who provides. We need to stand faithfully with full assurance and trust in His providence, to have faith and trust in Him and in Him alone. As Father Curry concludes, In the wilderness we have communion with Christ. It is the only satisfaction that there is, the only satisfaction that matters, come what may, in the ups and the downs, in sorrows and sadness, the pain and the dying of our lives. He is our satisfaction, even in the wilderness of our lives. Let's pray this week that we might be able to be standing with with open arms once again knowing ourselves at times to be in the wilderness and seeking fulfillment, seeking replenishment, seeking all those good gifts that come from God alone. We seek to be filled and know that in all things we we know the place to turn to. We know the source of our replenishment, the source of our fulfillment, the source of our satisfaction. It is in Jesus Christ and in Him alone who with the Father in the unity of the holy and life-giving spirit lives and reigns ever one God, world without end. Amen.